I just have to say this because I have horrible stage fright. I and so if my face starts to twitch or my hands start to shake, I'm okay. You don't have to worry about me. <laughs> if I actually fall on the floor and start twitching, then maybe call 911. But if it's just my face and my nerves, then I'll be okay. So let's do this thing. When I was a child, I thought that I was uniquely special. I thought that I was different. You know, I thought that the world was divided into two boxes, and there was everybody in one box, and then there was me, and maybe Leif Garrett, because he was pretty special too. (laughs) And as I got older, I realized everybody's special. Of all of the billions of people who have lived and that are living now and that will go on to live, no two humans are alike. So it dawned on me that being unique, being special, was actually very common and ordinary. And in that commonness, we're all unique. And we'll get high and loop on that for a couple hours, and you'll see where I'm coming from. (laughs) But I... (laughs) 420! Um... But I carried this weight as a child because I thought that it meant that I had to do something extraordinary with my life. And I carried that through high school, which I barely graduated by the skin of my teeth with all D's, you know. And I, when I was 19 years old, I was a waitress and a friend of mine came to me and she said, hey, do you want to go to a psychic? And I was like, yeah. Because I figured if a psychic would tell me what this thing was that I was supposed to do, I could start doing it. So we go to the psychic, and she's not a regular psychic. She didn't do tarot cards, and she didn't have a crystal ball or any of that stuff. What she had was this giant pad of paper and a huge blue crayon. Realistically, it was probably just like a regular pad of paper and a Sharpie. But in my memory, it's huge, right? And the way it worked was that she talked to some divine spirit angel or whoever was in charge of figuring out what you were predestined to be, right? And that thing would send images of my life and she would draw them, you know? So I sat across from her, and she said, is there any area that you would like to focus on? And I said, my career. I need to know what it is that I'm going to do. And so she starts drawing, and I can't see what she's drawing, and she's going at it. And I'm getting really excited because I know she's drawing mansions, and she's drawing awards, and she's drawing the continent of Africa because it is the 80s, and somebody has to feed the world and let them know it's Christmas. Why not me? Right? And she's she's just she's going and she's going and she's going, you know, and I'm getting more and more excited and it seemed like a really long time. And finally she stops and she kind of just sighs. And I think, wow, my fabulous life almost killed this lady. She is exhausted by all of my accomplishments, you know? And she 
takes the paper and she turns it so that I can see it. And it's nothing. It's nothing. It's scribbles. And there's swirly scribbles. And then there's these little angry, pissed off scribbles. And then there's a whole bunch of just meandering nowhere scribbles, right? And she says to me, I just don't get any career for you. I'm 19 years old. I have probably 60, 70 years on this planet, and she can't get nothing? Not even a little teeny tiny accomplishment there in the center? Nothing? And so she says to me, do you want to just ask me questions? And I think, okay, maybe I won't have a big career. Maybe I'll marry somebody with a big career, you know? And I know Prince Charles is out because Diana's already snatched him up, right? But maybe I'll be like a senator's wife. Or maybe I'll be Mrs. Tom Cruise, and that will be amazing. Again, it was the 80s, and we didn't know where that crazy train was going. (laughs) So I say to her, Will I get married? She kind of... Twice. Okay, I didn't ask you how many times I would get married. I asked you if I was going to get married. So now I've got in the back of my head that the first time I walk down the aisle, it's a throwaway because I got another one coming up. But I think, okay, maybe... I'll marry a rich man, and it won't work out. And I'll move to Europe, and I'll find some hot Spanish guy, and I'll marry him, and we'll live out our days spending my first husband's money. It's not a great plan, but it won't suck, right? So I say to her, will I have money? She doesn't even bother looking at the paper. She goes... You'll be okay. And then, and what I hear when she says you'll be okay is you're going to be poor, but probably not homeless. So then she has the nerve to say to me, Do you want to know anything else? And I said, No, I'm good. Because if you tell me any more of my future, I'm going to go kill myself. So I left there, and I felt terrible. And I know that if you go to a doctor and they tell you that you only have a few months to live, you don't just listen to them. You go get a second opinion, and that's what I did. I went to another psychic, a real psychic this time, and he was marvelous. He told me all the things that I wanted to hear. He was like, you're going to be known throughout the world, and I see billboards in Times Square with your picture, and you're just going to walk along, and people are just going to throw roses every time you go somewhere. And I was like, I like this guy. So a couple months later, my roommates and I had a party in our apartment, And there were a ton of people there, and we're all, you know, drinking and having a great time. 
and my psychic, the real psychic, shows up with his boyfriend. And he approaches me, and I can see he's a little wobbly, right? And I'm like, I think this guy's shit-faced hammered. And he says to me, you know I'm fake, right? I don't, I'm not psychic. I just make stuff up so I can pay the rent. And I said, that's it. I'm done with psychics. I'm good. No more psychics, right? So I go through my 20s, and I continue to wait tables. Check. And I get married, and I get divorced. Half a check. And I'm poor. I'm always broke. Check, check, check. And one day... I start a new job at this restaurant, and I meet this other waitress, and she says to me, you should be a writer. And I said, okay. I said, I can't spell, I don't know grammar, I can't type, and I barely graduated high school. It's perfect. (laughs) So I start writing, and I'm doing poems, and I got a couple published, and I wrote a play, and this theater produced it, and I'm doing these little bits and pieces, but nothing's really becoming any kind of career, and certainly, I'm not making any money doing this, and I'm starting to get frustrated, and I'm starting to get really angry about it, you know, but there's no place to direct this anger, right? It's, it's, I'm angry at this jacked up system that some supreme being has created that says all of you people over here you're predestined to not do anything no matter how good you are no matter what kind of amazing person you can be the smartest the brightest but nothing will ever come of it you'll never be in the parade because the world needs people to sit on the curb and applaud as the chosen ones go by And you people over here, you get to be born into wealth. You get to have it all. You get to see the world. It doesn't matter what kind of douchebag you are. You keep getting rewarded. You can be the biggest failure and continue to keep failing upwards. You might even fail your way into the White House. So as... As I'm carrying around this anger, and it's this internal anger, there's no way to treat that in therapy. I tried twice. They don't have a solution. The most they can give you is, you know, what's going on with you? And I say, I'm really pissed off because God's not fair and the universe is fucked. And they go, Have you tried affirmations? Like, what do you do with that? It's not fixable. And then, one day, I was in my mid-30s, I figured it out. I figured out that I was going to beat the system. I didn't have a career. I didn't have any money. And I'd been married once. She said... I'd be married twice. So if she was wrong about one thing, then maybe she would be wrong about all of it. So I swore right then, 
I will not get married again, no matter what. And on my deathbed, when I am all alone, I'll be like, fuck you, I win. And then I'll die. (laughs) You know, you got to beat the system where you can, right? (laughs) And I stuck to that. And a year and a half ago, I moved to Wichita, Kansas on purpose. (laughs) Nobody ever moves to Kansas on purpose, but I did, right? (laughs) I love you too. And I moved in with my boyfriend. And we got this little house, this little crooked house, you know, and we started fixing it up, and we're bringing it back to what it was in the 40s when it was built. And I started learning to bake bread by hand, and then I eat the bread, which is fabulous. And I started to knit, and I'm knitting this little blanket that I'll probably never finish you know, and I go and I shop at the Amish stores, and I love it. It's great. And then last year on my 50th birthday, I woke up and Greg had slipped an engagement ring on my finger. And I had this moment of panic because, you see, I had forgot to tell him that I can't get married for a second time or my life will have no meaning. (laughs) Now I know, as we heard tonight and as we always hear, that when we think of courageous acts and when we think of brave moments, usually it's tackling a mountain or it's going up to the ledge and stepping off into the unknown. But that's what, it wasn't like that for me. It was me saying, stop. Just stop it. And for me, it was playing a sad country song and dancing with Greg in our kitchen on our chipped linoleum floor. It was me cooking dinners in our cast iron pans and baking bread and having my dog sit there and hope that I'll throw them some scraps. And it was me looking out the kitchen window into the backyard and watching him make a table or make a wooden bench for our house. And it was sitting on a porch on a summer night and watching the little fireflies bounce around to their own song. And in that moment, in my one brave moment, I said, get over yourself. (laughs) And on October 21st, 2017, he and I got married. And I love our little cast iron country life. And the psychic was right all along. I am okay. (laughs) Thank you.